0: In the wake of Me Too, Time's Up, and the growing list of public figures who have been called out for sexual assault and misconduct, it can seem like exciting, spontaneous, and satisfying sex is an unattainable ideal. That sex is too deeply buried beneath misinformation, violence, and shame to be enjoyed anymore. And yet, I know from personal experience that that is not true. Despite the odds, people are having great sex all the time, but they don't always get the chance to talk about it. Well, today, listeners, I'm here to change that. My name is Robin, and this is The Peak.
1: listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Peak. My name is Robin, and today I am joined with my friend Adam Tudor. Um, Adam is a traveling musician and general vagabond. Is that a fair description of you?
2: I would say uh, it once upon a time would have been a fair description. I would say at this point I'm a, I'm a rooted musician who enjoys the, um, the soulful sojourn elsewhere
1: yes lovely <laughs> thank you so much for yeah i need to interview you today i'm honored to be here all right well let's get started um Righteous. why don't you start by i we've already introduced you a little bit but why don't you begin by introducing yourself more thoroughly to the listeners mm-hmm. um and then describing your sexual personality
2: hmm fun um I'm glad they don't ask that in actual interviews. And <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, Adam, and then your sexual personality. Um, isn't this like a job at a bank? Um, this is
1: definitely not a bank.
2: This interview. is definitely not a bank interview. Yeah, so what you <laughs> think it is your I don't know office. why I would use that as an example. anyways. I would never interview for a bank. Um, so my 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 life has has been um, suffused with um, the art of expression. Uh, the creative energy. And uh, ever since I was young, I, I figured out, you know, I had the opportunity to be, um, to be myself or to be, um, someone else. And, uh, and I said, I spend my time doing that or that. And I chose being myself. And, and so my whole life I've been discovering what that looks like through various forms of expression. Um, I've taken to up music when I was 13 years old and I haven't looked back since. So that's been, uh, always been a big part of who I am. Music, service, traveling, education, um, these are foremost at my heart. Um, and so here in San Antonio, all the things that I do are connected to bringing music education, bringing um, empowerment into our creative class um, through work with the nonprofit, library to work with with youth of all ages Um, and it always comes back to something to do with music and and the creative force as one that we really need Um, my mission is to create a colorful world of love by reflecting my inner light and reveal the artist inside us all so all the things that I do have to check out with that and And so it's been a beautiful discovery to see myself, someone that I pride in being very uh, capable and comfortable with my self-expression. I feel very open in communication with people. I'm very confident in who I am. To see the relationship I've had with my sexuality as of late especially, um, I would say... I grew up with a spirit of um, going back at ebbing and flowing between these grand exclamations of my uh, my my prowess and such and and um, and then kind of retreating back into myself with um, with some sort of battle scars or or the need to really step into the morality of what I was looking into, and, and I haven't done anything egregious in my life, you know. I mean, it's mm-hmm. but things that are even slightly outside of of my my mission, and my resonance with my song. Now I feel that very clearly, and so um, so I would say, without going too much into history yet, um, I would say as of now, my my sexual personality is is a process of letting go of shame um, of, of some guilt um, of not putting a lot of pressure upon the actual sexual act as some great greatest expression of, of human love and I think I was trying to do that for a little bit and then making myself feel sad when that didn't happen or when I wasn't able to celebrate that with someone I loved mm-hmm. um, for many reasons. Um, and uh, so now I would say it's a, it's a, it's, I still have that hunger. I still, creative force is still a part of me and I'm, I'm aware of that. But I'm also very cautious and um, careful and respectful in that. And clearly communicating desires and, and boundaries, and what I want to receive in that uh, type of engagement. And so it's a, it's a very, very interesting um, season for me right now in that.
1: Yeah, very cool. Um, so just to um, dig a little into what your identity is, um, will you tell us your gender and sexual identity in brief?
2: Sure, yeah. Um, I identify as, as male, uh, heterosexual. Um, I've, I've never experimented otherwise. Um, this yeah. is
1: actually very splendid because you're the first straight man we've had on the show at all. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs>
2: yeah, I I mean, and, and, um, and it's surprising to people, which is funny because um, when people meet me, um, they will in certain places they may think that, that I am that I do swing both ways you know mm-hmm. um, and just because I'm I'm naturally more effeminate and expressive and you know very open um, uh, but yeah I've I've only ever been in a relationship or been sexually uh, activated or involved with with women
1: mm-hmm. yeah all right will you tell us about your first sexual experience
2: Cool. Yeah. Um, so I was 20 years old and I was, it was my first time away from home, uh, in the sense of spending like a longer amount of time without my family. I was in Denver, Colorado. I visiting my uncle for the summer and I was working there downtown and I was just like connecting with all these beautiful people and, and really enjoying being, um, in a new place and seeing what people were like. And, I went to this amazing music festival in the Rocky Mountains and Jason Mraz was there and Tom Petty and John, and I, John Mayer and Dave Matthews and just like this ridiculous lineup in
0: and, Denver? uh, in
2: Denver. So this is 2008 and, um, a mile high fest. And I, I met this beautiful woman dancing to before the, I mean, this was, the roots were popular, but I didn't really know them yet. So we were dancing to the roots, like this after party I met this woman and, and, um, And we'd reconnected at this festival Um, and, you know, kind of fell in love as John Mayer was playing Into the Sunset and then Dave Matthews took over into the moonrise and it was pretty unreal. Uh, Spent three kind of whirlwind weeks together. Um, I say we really only spent like five or six separate days together um, in the course of that time. Um, but I was opened up to the, uh, to that word we were making out in her car and I was perfectly happy making out in her car cause it was beautiful, you know, and, and, and then she said, we're not going to have sex right now. And I was just like, um, yeah, that's cool. You know, <laughs> like, no worries. I wasn't, no pressure from me. And, um, and so then that that seed in my mind and I had been I kind of grew up with the idea that you know I was going to only have sex when I was in like a really committed relationship or you know when I was planning on getting married to someone and that shifted and I had this beautiful I was listening I remember I was listening to John Coltrane and uh and I was like (laughs) playing in a sentimental mood with my favorite jazz song and, I, I was like in this space of reflecting all of this, like, is this my time, you know, to share this with somebody? And, um, and we, yeah, we ended up being, um, having the gift of her friend's parents place because there was nowhere else for us to go. So I we went to her friend's parents place and, um, and I didn't, i never bought condoms before. I didn't know how to do it. And so I went to the store and I bought a package of dots and a box of condoms. Cause I was like, I can't just buy condoms. Cause that's just like, uh, then everyone will know. So if I buy some dots, they'll just think I'm going to the movies or something. <laughs> and I ran into my boss at, in line. He was like, what are you doing tonight, Adam? And I was just like, um, just watching the movie, you know, with a friend and, and he was like cool man have fun and I was like oh my god <laughs> um but it was beautiful and and um it was very it was though like a little like we had to like leave we couldn't like stay the night and we had to like wash the sheets and so we had like stay to wash the sheets and there was just this kind of like I'd imagined you know like I would like wake up with this person and like do all these things and get to hold each other and and uh, and so that didn't necessarily it was it was beautiful and, and felt very connected, um, but that wasn't that wasn't there. So that was my first, my like, first sexual <laughs> encounter.
1: You're such a musician. I love that every step of the way you were telling what song was playing at yeah. that moment. Yeah, that was yeah, a very yeah. it's, beautiful element of your storytelling. It, it
2: defines you. romance for me in many ways. Yeah.
1: Um, If you're comfortable doing so, would you talk a little bit about, um, the sex itself that you had for the first time with this woman in Colorado?
2: Yeah. Um, so I, I got very frightened, um, because she started bleeding Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, Oh my God, like this is, <laughs> I'm such a terrible person. Like, I would have this happen. This is my first memory of like, I'm like hurting this woman. Like, it, to feel that like I could cause that to someone, you know, like it was very shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, she assured me that it was just part of the process of, of being, you know, like in a new sexual relationship and, and everything was okay. And, um, that definitely it definitely threw me for a loop a little bit you know mm-hmm. um you know I I I reflected about it in a long time um I mean I remember feeling very um safe and comfortable mm-hmm. um and trusting you know in that experience. Um, I don't recall any, like need to do something a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was all very new, you know, we explored what it was like, you know, when, when she was underneath and then when I was underneath and, and just what that was like. And so it was all, you know, just a very slow process of exploration, um, uh, for me. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, um well I can share that's a separate story so <laughs> that's the actual uh, engagement. Yeah all
1: right um My next prompt is uh, would you be willing to tell us about the best time you've ever had sex or a collection of spectacular highlights
2: collection <laughs> spectacular, spectacular. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Hmm. so uh, apparently I have a penchant for meeting um, love at at music festivals as you observe <laughs> music is a part of my life in a big way um, I was out I was in California at the Enchanted Forest Festival
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, this is like north of the Redwoods and a um, really beautiful place and it was very like it's heart-opening expansion, you know, like meeting in little tents, and you play in the creek, and you listen to, like, ecstatic dance music by night, and it's, like, this very, like, fairy, hippie vibe, and I was just like, this is perfect, everything I wanted, you know, and I had just opened up, like, my, like, kind of sexual desire in a new way, like, and this kind of freeing myself, mm-hmm. um, and allowing myself to have, like, partners outside of, of a committed relationship, you know, and and so it was very liberating so i felt very like free and open and expressive i met this incredible woman who we we healed each other through this karmic relationship workshop and let go of these past pains that had kind of kept us from really engaging with someone and i long story short i i canceled my flight and and stayed an extra day and we uh, made love upon Mount Tamalpais in in Marin County, California. Um, it's a beautiful setting, that's just shy of the Pacific Ocean, near the Golden Gate Bridge, and um, and I felt so free with this person. You know, there was just this deep love and this resonance that had come through the healing, that was really powerful for me. And we decided to to have sex, you know, unprotected and, and she was, uh, had an IUD and assured me everything was groovy and, and, um, I felt really safe and, and we both trusted each other and, and were aware of what we were doing. And, um, and so I just felt like I was really there, you know, I was really mm-hmm. fully present there and it was just this like magical moment of of surrender you know and um, and so that really stands out to me you know as uh, as a moment that I was really connected to that part of myself
1: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
1: sounds really fantastic yeah (laughs) did you have any other stories you wanted to share for that prompt
2: hmm
1: There was a thought you didn't finish earlier also.
2: Yeah. um, That may come back later. But um, for this thought, I would say, I mean, my other, the other times uh, has been more recently is I've been attempting to bring prayer into my my sexual expression, Mm -hmm. like in the actual act, you know, like be like saying a prayer or like thanking God or just like saying I love you or whatever it may be um and slowing that down to this meditation and I think in that process with people in the past you know year um has been really empowering it's a very new thing for me to try out um
1: this sort of like prayerful, love-making. yeah, the
2: the prayerful lovemaking. I felt like a before, you know, like I've always been very gentle. I think as a lover, um, then the beast can certainly come out, you know, to play. But um, I generally tend to shy away from the hyper masculine expressions in um, lovemaking. Tend to be more of a sensual lover, and and so the the prayer coming into that, you know, is really has been powerful for me because as i step into my spiritual path more deeply um there are certain you know dogmas that that you know preach abstinence or you know sex within marriage or only for procreation and these things so figuring out where my self-expression exists within that Mm -hmm. uh, when i bring prayer into the into the room then like i'm inviting the divine presence as opposed to hiding from it you know, um, and that makes it, or that makes it sacred for me mm-hmm. so that I know anytime I'm with someone, um, I can only be with them in that way if that's, uh, part of the conversation. You know?
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your spiritual upbringing like?
2: I was raised in the Episcopal church. You know, I would say we were like, mostly regular church attendees um it was not like an over like an abrasive upbringing or um you know right and ritual to my family experience um i'd say everyone in my family is is religious um it's brought up in a christian mm-hmm. pathway so i don't have any there's nobody that i can reflect to that's like some alternative belief system um but I began to question that in an earlier, you know, in, in middle school, high school, and and took my time to go to church camps and do all those things, and then um, realized that that wasn't that just didn't resonate with it, you know, it didn't really speak to my heart. I couldn't sing the songs that the other campers were singing, you know, and these things, and and um, so I'm, you know, in college I read more, um, Thich Nhat and Buddhist principles, and began to explore other pathways and. And, uh, I would say now, you know, like my spiritual path is, um, falls in line with the the principles of, of yogic tradition from India, um, Paramahansa Yogananda and and work of self-realization, meditation as a place to, to be one with the divine source. and, And there's not a lot of, um, dogma involved in that at all. You know, there's. Principles of meditation and and ways for you to reflect and and there's not um, There's guiding um, Advice um, But there's no shame built in around any particular way of doing things. So mm. it's been very liberating. Yeah
1: Very interesting. Thank mm. you for sharing that Of course um, Would you like to now expand on the thought that you didn't finish before
2: um, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I could, I can find a way to trace it to where we are now. Um, which is interesting. Um, part of the, what I've been dealing with recently is, is this association with guilt
0: mm-hmm.
2: of that. I'm that my sexuality can harm someone. Mm-hmm. And why would I do that when I know that I could just have a friendship and not risk that harm? Um, to someone. Um, and so this initial, I thought about it in this context, but, um, you know, when I lost virginity with this partner in Denver, um, it ended on a very like sour note. Um, she was I think, dealing with like, a yeast infection, um, and wasn't feeling like, wasn't feeling well because of it. And we went to see a concert together. And then she was like, I, we have to leave early. And I was supposed to like stay with her. That was my last night before I flew back to Texas. And I was like, okay, let me come home and stay with you. You know, like I'll take care of you, whatever you need. And she was like, no, I just need to go home I need to be by myself. And I was just like freaking out, you know, and I just wanted to like be with her again. I want to hold her, I want to wake up with her. I want to share in this embrace with her again, you know know that it was real, all these things. And then it just blew up and and she freaked out and I freaked out and it was just this big mess, you know. Um, we eventually healed that, you know, and everything was fine. But um, I think it was the start, very well could have been the start of this kind of association with um, that desire leading to not 100% pure version of myself you know when I had that desire to be with her again sexually yeah although I want I was still thoughtful and wanted to care for her I think that was a part of it you know was like oh I want to well I wanted to be with you this way and like now you've changed you ruined these plans and Mm -hmm. so I'm going to react this way now Mm -hmm. um and so it's definitely those types of conversations and and being unclear about sexual desires or boundaries Um, with people has has led to uh, sadness and suffering and pain and 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 I often take you know rightfully so or not I take you know like a deep impact on that um, in relationship and so that's something that so why I'm being more gentle with myself and more careful and and being clear and telling my story, um, to, to lovers and people that, um, I want to be with, um, because that's, it's very important to me that I'm able to release that. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You spoke in, um, you said in a text message a few days ago that you expected this conversation to be very healing for you. Um,
0: can you talk about that a bit?
2: yeah so um, I ended a relationship in February, mm-hmm. um, a long-term relationship, and it ended f- for a multitude of reasons uh, peacefully and and beautifully and all as well. Um, but a big part of it was realizing that i I had this there was this re- repulsion around my sexual body and, and I wasn't able to embrace it fully because I don't think I had healed from past relationships. And so I began to have this like, very stark like, boundary that I put upon every interaction with a woman. Um, unfairly sometimes, but fairly to myself, knowing that like, I'm not available and I have to be very careful right now.
1: I think that and that's totally fair.
2: Yeah. I think it is too, you know, and I think it's safe and it just wasn't like me. Because And so what I found was that I went too far to that extreme. Um, and I drew these unrealistic boundaries when I, it wasn't natural for me to, if the boundary was natural, that's one thing, but this was more like a, I have to prove to myself that I can be, that I can be by myself, you know, and that I can draw these boundaries and just celebrate a woman as a friend um instead of having to have these desires or celebrate that cuz i give off that energy you know my call is very strong you know because i'm very open and i don't hide myself um uh, until you know you show me all of you and then and tell me what you really want and if you you really want to be with me the more long term or create a relationship with me then i start to analyze everything in that context and I start to like shy away, and it's a shadow of myself. And and so recently, I kind of uh, on my trip to California, I allowed myself to open up more and and connect with people, and and even still, one of the partners, the one partner who I was um, had sexual intercourse with, was really impacted by it. You know, because we both weren't ready, and we were, we were living the same story. You know, we were living the same. um, You know, I want to prove this to myself. I want to do this by myself. I need to be strong, but I really am expressive and want connection and want a partner who can love me like that. We were giving that to each other in a beautiful way. Um, But the the pain went deeper for her than it did for me, and and so she went the total other way and we've healed that as well. So it was all as well. But um, you know, I was I was t- I took that very personally for a while, you know, was just like, okay, wow, well, here's the power of my um sexuality. And and within that context, I would say that I haven't been fully with someone in like a full sexual expression since my partner who I ended things with in February. Mm-hmm. So with this woman in California, it was a very like, I think things were built up so much that the orgasm happened like almost instantaneously for me, and there wasn't an ability to fully connect mm-hmm. with this person, and um, and so I develop and so I developed like this shame around that, you know, or this shame on my ability to perform, you know, uh, as a man, you know, to be able to. Arouse myself in a way that I can can be intimate with a woman, and um, and so that's come up for me just you know <laughs> yesterday, um, and um, where I was feeling those old fears again, you know, being with a partner who who wants to celebrate that and who I feel comfortable celebrating that with. Um, and as soon as the condom comes into the picture, you know, like my body freaks out or something. Mm-hmm. It has a reaction to it. There's an association there for me, of like, oh, you're not going to be able to, to please your, your partner or that's not the way you're meant to be with them or whatever it is for some reason. Although mentally I feel, I tell myself that I'm available and ready. Mm-hmm. There's something that I, I'm unaware of that's keeping me from that. Um, and, uh, so when I said healing, when we spoke last, it was healing. Cause I thought that I was like ready to unfold into this sexual expression again. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say sexual expression, I mean, you know, intercourse and, um, and so I've been with this partner in in other ways and we've explored our bodies sexually, um, which is really beautiful to me. And I feel very connected in that and um and then now this issue has, ar- has arisen again of wow well, m- 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 who am i meant to connect with in this way you know because i feel this desire i feel openness i want to explore different tantric philosophies and i want to like get into that um place with a partner but something that was offered to me by my partner was like maybe this is happening because we can't really be together, you know. Um, she's returning home. Uh, she doesn't live here, you know. Mm-hmm. And she lives far away, <laughs> very far away. And um, so that was something that had kind of come to me as well in that reflection process of, you know, maybe I can still get what I desire in connection with someone. Maybe all I really need is someone to hold me, you know. Um, I, I want to cuddle with someone. I want someone that, like, I like, came home today and she's, like, in my bed and holds out her arms and it's like, beautiful, wow. Like, that's what I need because I don't. And if something else happens, beautiful. But when I begin to think about that sexual experience, my mind begins to roll and, I, you know, the the beast may come out for a moment and I won't really be purely as emotionally available as I need to be to be in that kind of embrace. Um, And so my deter what I determined or what I'm determining still letting it sit is perhaps like I am just like meant to like be sexual in a, a more committed relationship. You know, I've tried to be with, you know, like more polyamorous and, and have other partners while I'm in a relationship committed, um, those things never end up being ultimately sexual. Um, And, uh, and so finding that now as well, you know, I'm finding these, like, I feel safe in these fleeting experiences with people who, you know, in California or this woman who's visiting and, and um, because I, there's not a pressure of like some long-term commitment. And so I feel free to be in that. But maybe my body's like saying, you need to be in a, you know, be with someone and feel that fully. And because when I was with my partner, these were never issues, you know. Um, we had protected sex and, and that was never, never stopped us from engaging in a full expression, long lasting, um, engagements with each other. And, and, um, And so I know that that's possible, you know, um, but it hasn't happened outside of that relationship. Um, and so it's just, I'm, I'm allowing myself to be okay with that. If that's the case, you know, um, and be gentle with myself. And like, there's definitely moments where I feel like deep shame, you know, like, like what's going on with me? Like, I really want this or feel like I want this. And, and, um, You know, so letting go of this performance aspect, letting go of this, like, you'll love me more if I can do this for you or I'll love myself more if um, I'm able to be with you in this way. And just saying, like, I'm really just happy holding you in my arms or just like looking at you and smiling at you and telling you I love you. Um, And being able to watch you transform and watch myself transform the way we go through this, like, that's beautiful to me. You know, um, and so, so that's what I'm sitting with right now, is just being very gentle with that, and like, um, not trying to stretch my boundaries into anything, or prove something to myself, when it's clear that I can attract love, in many ways, and celebrate that, and uh, and that I'm no less or more of a man or a lover, um, for any ability or inability. And so that's been, uh, needed to reflect upon that today. Um, so yeah, this is actually perfect timing.
1: I'm so glad. Yeah. And I'd like to say, I think it's really admirable that, you listen to your heart and you work to be gentle with yourself and to respect your own boundaries, um, as well as the boundaries of your partners, because Mm -hmm. it can be very, it can be so hard to be gentle to ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's very easy. I think to like come down with shame or like instruct ourselves, like you just need to push through this. You can do it rally. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's much more healthy to just listen to your emotions and to listen to your heart. Um, so I've I, learned
2: that the heart—the heart—is the heart what's in control. <laughs> you know, it's not anything else as much as, you know, maxims and clichés may joke about men and the way they think. You know, I feel like I mean, when you're really opened up and surrender to something greater than yourself, um, you find that you'll be provided that, and it's it may not look the way you desired or were thinking it would look, but um, ultimately I feel incredibly blessed.
1: Yeah. Good. Mm. Well, I've asked all of my main questions sure. of you, um, but I always like to end with, um, over the course of your life, from when you were growing up sort of imagining that you would only have sex with people in committed relationships or maybe in marriage, to experimenting with polyamory, to coming to where you are now, Um, what are some things that you have learned and how have you grown the
2: Mm. most?
1: Mm. And you've already touched on a lot of
2: this. Sure, yeah. it's hard to, um, I'm trying to like narrow it down. It may greater, be too broad a question. Greater, no, a greater conclusion. What's important to be able to articulate. Um, I'm, I'm in a continual, um, reflection. I'm not going to say battle, but like, uh, this, this tossing, this ebbing and flowing between, um, I can have the love that I want with one person and create a family with that person. I want to create a family, I want to create a family with a partner. I want to be with that partner in a constructive um, rearing of of said children, should that be my path. Um, And so my explorations around sexuality come back to that as well you know it, just my sexual desires align with that vision of what I see for myself um my desire you know for for family mm-hmm. um coming back to this you know like it's a, it's how I was raised you know in my families my parents have been together for 36 years my grandparents have been together they're all still alive and they've been together for 60 years and, you know, like, this is the model that I've grown up with and I've seen how beautiful it is. And um, so I, I toyed with the idea that that wasn't my idea. That I had a different pathway because I I can't get everything I need from one person. So I tried out that idea. That didn't work either. Um, you know, and so um, I think what I'm learning is that is not to be hard on myself throughout that process of saying, okay, I had to go through these ropes and maybe I have to, I had this reflection of like, oh, I need to resurface this pattern of mine now that I can see it from the outside. Now that I can observe what I'm doing and say, oh, I can see this happening. And now I'm aware of how to respond without like freaking out and hurting somebody, hurting myself. I'm very aware of, of how to self medicate, so to speak, you know, emotionally, spiritually speaking. Um, and I feel like I'm arriving closer all the time to, you know, what what is my ultimate um, sexual expression, my ultimate desire and love and partnership. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm getting close to some pretty big, pretty big realizations around that and what that can look like. And, um, and so I'll always keep my heart open to celebrate love when it's there. Um, receiving love is a big thing, you know, to be able to receive that. This person has love to offer. Is that something I want to receive? Can I give love back? Beautiful. Everyone feels good. Let's let it be that. And then, so I'm, I'm, I'm good at that. Now the next step for me is, Securing that in a long-term relationship, um, in a more committed relationship, possibly in a monogamous relationship, um, and and see what that feels like to have that love expressed there, um, and I'm excited to continue to explore that, you know. And I don't feel in a rush to get to some answer. Um, I don't feel like time is out, or that I have to, you know, reach the finish line some certain point. Um, You know, because obviously I still have work to do. And so the more I understand that, the more I'm gentle with myself and say, cool, there's more work to do here. There's more shadow to uncover. There's more pain to release. There's more guilt that I need to transmute and shame. I need to transmute. And um, I'm learning a lot about that, you know, and having... You know, then someone says, "Hey, I want to interview you on a podcast about sexuality," and it's like, "Great, this will be you know my my beautiful like self therapy, you know like um, my nurturing of myself, so I can remember my story and remember where I've come from and remind myself of of the beauty of that." So, yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, you've been you, a Robin. wonderful guest. <laughs> <sighs> Very open, very willing to share. I appreciate that. Thank you for holding space. Of course. Mm. It's my duty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Do you have any closing words you want to say before we go?
2: I think that was it. Yeah.
1: (sighs) All right. Thank you again. Thank you, Robin.
0: Thanks for listening to The Peak, which is hosted and produced by me, Robin. Our theme music was written by Johnny Manchild of Johnny Manchild and the Poor Bastards. You can follow us on Facebook or at our website, thepeak.blueberry.net. That's thepeakb If you have a question or comment about anything we talked about today, or if you would like to be a guest on the show, send me an email at thepeakpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.